2: All right. It's Thursday. It's 3.30. That means it's time for Tommy e. Curran, who was brought to you by Dr. Matthew Lapresti at Leonard Hair Transplant Associates, the hair doctor of Tommy e. Curran at 1-800-GET-HAIR, also by Awaken 180 Weight Loss. Become your own success story by dropping the weight, holding you back. It starts with just one call to Awaken 180 and by Unified Office, where they help business maximize every incoming call at unifiedoffice.com. Tommy e. Curran, joining us on the Harbor One Hotline. That is a lot of reads I got to do for you, Tommy.
1: I appreciate the extra work. I appreciate the tongue workout
2: that you put in there for me. I'm doing my best here. Uh, Tommy, let's uh, let's jump right in with, um, with Bill Belichick's non-answer from yesterday because you said that Mac Jones is making an enemy out of Bill Belichick. And based on his recent comments, I don't know how you could possibly argue that. He can't throw the ball 50 yards, and now he may not even be our starter
1: going forward. How bad is this relationship? Well, I do want to before I get into how bad is the relationship, think that we're making a little bit of a mountain out of a molehill of something that Bill rebuffed at minute 12 of his press conference after he was really exiting the stage when the question was asked whether or not Mac would be the starter going forward. This is a player who just a couple weeks ago, the Patriots eschewed going forward at the end of a game against Buffalo and pressing on because the last time they had done so, they got Mac Jones hurt the preference that Bill Belichick would have of Bailey Zappi over Mac Jones at this juncture, it defies all logic and reason. So I think there's – and we did it at our station too. We had this conversation. That's my feeling on it. I just don't think it's what we are contriving it to be. I don't think it's a massive um, vote of no confidence in Mac.
2: You say it defies all logic and reason, Tommy, and I in some ways agree with that, but I also think – that going to Bailey Zappi would mean going to a player who's a lot happier to be there and who's not going to question the coaches and who's not going to MF Matt Patrician, who's not going to say, no, 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 I want to do it my way. Doesn't that mean something to Bill Belichick?
1: I think it doesn't mean nearly as much as winning the games would be when there is still a playoff berth on the line, when there is a season next year that you're probably going to want to return to coach for, and when there's an owner sitting upstairs who's been told since the time the kid was drafted that this was your quarterback of the future, an owner who said in March that he was very happy with the quarterback and the head coach and the way things were going to go forward. So if you are, as Bill Belichick, so agitated with Mac Jones that you would bench him to prove a point, you would run the risk of losing your locker room as well, because we've all heard the support from Mac Jones within that locker room, and we've all heard that, Bill has basically taken a pass on castigating Mac for directing his criticisms at the sidelines, and Mac certainly doesn't sound like he's about to stop doing it either. I mean, I asked him directly about it, and he said, "I'm pushing forward." Yeah, well, Tom, it's interesting because
0: you've got guys like Edelman on Inside the NFL. Vince Wilfork with Tom Giles on your station just last night, I believe, or two nights ago, talking about how he's getting frustrated now with how Mac Jones is behaving and his acting out. I mean, it's an emotional blank storm down there in the locker room, and you've got guys like Duggar and Judon today having to answer questions of, is there any hope in the locker room? How's the energy levels down there? Mike Reese on with Steve Burton, who's melting down on local (laughs) TV today. So I ask you, how do you think the energy level is down there, and
1: are they fragile at this point? I think they've been fragile for a while, honestly, Fitzy. Um, I think the energy level was surprising to hear a couple of guys, and I don't think it was a choreographed commentary, mention how good practice was on Wednesday. I I don't know. By fragile, I mean all hope is not lost. I think guys are sick of it. The frustration has given way to exasperation, and I think resignation is just around the corner. But I don't think guys are going to bang in sick here and not come into work. I, I don't think it's going to go on a mass wildcat strike. So guys are probably disappointed that the season's gone to hell and is on the verge of being extinguished. But I, I, I just don't think that anybody whose industry isn't going well, there's a point at which you're pissed it's been a bad year, it's not a great, and then – cutting off your nose to spite your face and quitting on, on everything. I just don't think that's going to happen. We're
2: talking with Tommy Curran here in the Harbor One Hotline. Tommy, assuming that the season is over, and I feel like you are since your latest on NBC Sports Boston is looking ahead to 2023. I feel like you might be in that uh, boat with the rest of us here. But if if this is the end of the year and we're not you know, talking about a playoff team this season, what is going from a not particularly impressive playoff appearance last year to missing it this year mean for uh, the coaching staff and the head coach?
1: what are you going to do to fix it is basically what it means. Is How did this happen? Why did a team that has so many arguably talented players, we can talk about the running game, we can talk about offensive line players like Iwenu and and, and Andrews, you can talk about guys who were first-round picks or are highly paid, Isaiah Wynn and Trent Brown, the guys who are well-paid at skill position. Why did it happen? Why did they regress? And I think that we're always going to come back to the smoking gun of, there's not an offensive coordinator or a play caller with enough experience, and the offensive line coaching has declined since Dante Scarnecchia left, and you tried to replace a lot of those people with one guy. And those people, Dante Scarnecchia, Josh McDaniels and uh, Mick Lombardi and you know, Bo Hardigree and whoever else, to be replaced by one guy or two guys, Patricia and Joe Judge, was insufficient. So what's the plan going forward? And I think that's the big conversation that the Patriots have to have with Bill Belichick and his plan going forward for that had better be a cogent one.
0: You know, things are really south or have gone south in Foxborough, Tommy, when guys like Mike Lombardi seem to even be lost on the Patriots. Like if Bill's conciliary isn't calling in or, you know, going out of his way to defend him and now is saying they could do a 30 for 30 on how bad this offense is, then... Things are looking really bad, Um, but I wanted to get your take on this uh, real quick. There was a piece on ESPN.com a little while ago about where Dan Graziano now, he says that he's sort of speculating, but he kind of just out of the blue mentions, you know, talking about coaching changes and things to look forward to in 2023, mentions that maybe Belichick would consider moving into a non-coaching role organizationally. Is there any foundation to that whatsoever, or is that just complete clickbait garbage?
1: I love Dan. Good friend. Yep. And I would want to label it clickbait garbage. But if it's spitballing, it's spitballing. I I really don't from 50, from our time watching the guy, and I believe ownership's opinion of Bill, Mm. he would never want to leave this mess for someone else to rectify. Additionally, he's 20 wins away from the white whale of Don Shula. Mm -hmm. Now, this might take a little longer than it looked like it was going to, but I don't think he wants to jettison himself someplace else. He's he's a talented head coach. He made a obviously it's an understatement. He made a personnel management blunder. Why he did it? Why this outflow of brain power um, wasn't you know I guess prepared for or could you even prepare for it? I don't know. But the reason that the coaching decisions were made by Bill in the course of the season excuse me, prior to the season, led to where we are now. I guess the question, too, though, is culturally, Mm -hmm. how much faith has Bill forfeited with his team? Because you know that all the questions that we're posing were certainly posed by folks within that building in all manners and strikes, whether it be coaches, players, anywhere you want to mention, would have had the same questions. And Bill would have had to say to all of them, yeah, I think we got this. And they did so face has probably been forfeited to an extent. Not completely, because you can't burn it all in one year.
2: No, but I mean, this is a pretty bad year. And it's also a year, it seems like, where they tried to really get everyone together. For you know, remember in the preseason, they were in the Florida all that time. They spent that whole week down in my air in Palm Beach or wherever it was. It was they were Tampa, out yeah. in Arizona, you know, this past week here for those two games. It seems like they've they've really sort of tried to develop some sort of cohesion with the team and on defense maybe they have but i feel like as far as the coaching staff goes and as far as the offense goes all the trust falls in the world i haven't done anything by the time we get to week 15 here and i just sort of wonder like if that's something they really emphasized is that is that maybe a indication that this group just doesn't have it which group uh the offense the coaching staff really everybody other than the the, the defense <laughs>
1: uh i don't I don't think that they did anything out of the ordinary in, in order to foster some kind of camaraderie here I really don't and the way we watch the off season unfold and the summer everybody wants to show up for work be told what they're going to do and have a good feeling that they're going to succeed in their industry. These guys showed up they started doing what their bosses asked them to, and it was very confusing and it wasn't yielding the results that were hoped so it failed I, I just I don't think that they did anything out of the ordinary and that this they've rebuffed the culture necessarily, although Sunday at the end certainly seemed like uh, guys going rogue. But I, I just don't – I'm not there with you on that, Christian, unless a misunderstanding. Okay,
0: uh, Tom, uh, last one. So let's say there is – right, we actually have – it's amazing how little time anyone is actually spending on uh, talking about a game like this that we all would have served on the council. I know.
1: I'm talking I mean, about 2023
0: for God's sake. Yeah, and we're either stuck in the mud and mire of what we witnessed, the Las Vegas lateral, uh, or we're talking about 2023. And we're not actually talking about what could maybe be a great game or should at least have been a great game with the Bengals team that's won six in a row and could be making their way back to the AFC championship again. Um, let's just say there is a Christmas miracle, Tommy, and they compete with Cincinnati on Saturday. Who's the player not named Ramondre Stevenson who needs to do something to unlock the offense to give the Pats a chance to keep up with the Bengals?
1: Wow. It has to be a receiver because you have to score more than two touchdowns, and they've only done that twice all year. Once against the Browns with Bailey Zappi, the other time against the Ravens, and all three of those were on the ground, and they still lost the game. Think about that. Offensive (laughs) touchdowns, more than two, twice. So who's going to help them score a crap ton of touchdowns? Hunter Henry goes off. Let's say that Hunter Henry and John U. Smith have an absolutely dominant Saturday, and Santa comes smiling down your chimney and says, See, you believed. You believed. <laughs> you heard the bell. <laughs>
2: Yeah, all right. Well, I guess that's a good place yeah. to leave it right, right there on an optimistic <laughs> uh, on an optimistic
0: fantasy land hey. note like that. <laughs> we'll we'll Wait, put it right asked there.
1: me who was going to do well, Christian. <laughs> I came true. up with a theory. He I did. didn't say it was going to happen.
0: Yeah, well, you might want to put the eggnog down before you call in next time.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, hey, listen. If he it's got to be someone...
0: Ask. I know, I know. You gave me hope for a minute. I'm smiling for the first time all day. Thank you, Tom.
2: Yes, uh, Tommy Curran, uh, (laughs) with a little Christmas cheer uh, for everybody to end this one. Tommy, thanks so much. All right, guys, take care. All right, we'll talk to you later. That's Tommy Curran.